Welcome to the Mind Management Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Bullock. Our brains are on autopilot, sorting information and just giving it all meaning. Here I'm going to teach you how to take your brain off autopilot, take control, and manage your thinking so you can live authentically as you and love authentically. I want you to create a life that you are proud to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast, the podcast that hasn't been here for a while. I have not produced a podcast in some time, and I truly, truly have been missing it, although watching my brain come up with content, and it feels like a lot of work, and then I forget how much I love it. So this is the good reminder to me that it actually felt good to like miss it. So anyway, we are back. It is my goal to be more consistent on the podcast and produce one at least twice a month. That is what I'm aiming for. Everything on top of that is just gravy. So we'll see you guys. (laughs) We'll see. It honestly is my favorite outlet though. I like it more than coming up with content on social media. I like it more than, heaven knows, I like it more than reels. Guys, I'm trying to learn reels. (laughs) I'm trying. And if you are on my Instagram, I said on stories the other day, like two reels took me almost two hours. What? That has got to be like an outlier. I've got to be just extra beginner at reels. Anyway, I see so much room for improvement. But I tell you what, I have been coaching my personal clients and I love watching them grow. One-on-one coaching is so fun. I have done group coaching before and I do love it. But I don't see myself ever not offering one-on-one coaching. With that being said, I am opening up five new private client spots. As you know, I've been working with your relationships so much. But these five spots are going to be specifically for coaches changing their relationship with their business. I've spent years helping people feel confident in their relationships, know how to uphold boundaries, know how to get what they want. And I want to take those same tools that I've learned through coaching hundreds of relationships and apply that to your relationship with your business so you can do the same thing, so you can show up confidently and get what you want. I like to keep these clients specifically private because there's something that happens in your mind when you are a coach. Yes, you want to be vulnerable, but also you have an audience that you are trying to help and trying to serve and trying to show up as the expert. And so sometimes it's really hard to go into a group coding, coaching session and just have so many eyes on your own problems. I really like the privacy for coaches in one-on-one settings. I will be that coach that will help you with your business mindset, but also, you know, I have plenty of experience coaching relationships, coaching all sorts of problems in marriage and problems with specific people that There will be nothing that you can't bring to the table on that coaching session that we won't find some clarity on. If it sounds like you are the right person, I will put the link below in the show notes of this podcast episode, or you can always go to the link in my bio, click work with me and fill out the form there and it will schedule that first consultation where we decide if this is something that we want to work together. That's where I talk about prices most of the time. But specifically for these five coaches, my offer is probably less than you think. So go click the link and we will talk 
I just, there's so much growth and empowerment to be had. I can't wait to find those five people. Anyway, new seasons. Okay, today we're going to talk all about handling your trials and aligning your thinking with God. I was asked by one of the ladies in our stake to speak at a women's conference and it ended up I had so much content and not enough time. So because this is a topic that I'm so passionate about, I think that it is just a staple. It's so important in every single section of your life. I decided, hey, I got a podcast, so it's going on the podcast. So today we're talking about aligning your thinking with God to handle the trials, the hard parts in your life. First, before we get into anything, in order to align our thinking with God, we have to be able to observe our thinking. So there are so many different tools that you can use to observe your thinking. I love just having a thought download where you sit with a piece of paper and you write out the things that you're concerned about, the things that you are thinking, the thoughts in your brain. Get as much of it out as you can. I like that kind of awareness, but I also like using the self-coaching model by Brooke Castillo where she has circumstance, thoughts, feelings, actions, result. So if we did a little quick overview of that, right? We've got our circumstances. These are things outside of us. These are the things that we cannot control. They are neutral. They're just facts. Everybody in the world would have to agree that this thing is a fact. It's pretty boring. It's not positive or negative until we have a thought about that circumstance. These thoughts our sentences in our brain. This is where we give things meaning. This is where we make it bad or good. Those sentences in your brain are causing emotions, okay? Our feelings. I want you to use one emotion per self-coaching model. These are sensations in the body, all right? They're caused by our thinking. Now, a little side note here. I understand because I've had postpartum anxiety I recently feel like I was in kind of a funk and I'm pretty good at managing my mind. So that was kind of surprising to me that it was something that I just had to feel. It was something where I just was, even though I was watching my brain, probably not as closely as I could, but all of this meaning to say that I understand that sometimes our brain's chemicals just get off balance a little bit. Sometimes they're hormonal. Sometimes it's a chronic thing that we have to deal with. So I have sympathy and I have empathy for that. But I do think that even in the midst of that, we have more agency than we think. I like to say that agency starts in the thought line of the model. That is where agency begins. And it's so fun because sometimes we're focused on the actions rather than we have way more control than what we think we do. All right, back to the model. Okay, from those feelings, those feelings are generating your actions, okay? I like to think about this as like, you can tell when a teenager wants to be somewhere versus when they don't want to be somewhere. The actions might be the same. They might go to the event. They might talk to people. They might do whatever they need to do at that event. But the feeling, the energy that they bring is completely different. And that is because of the emotion behind it, okay? Okay. It, it just comes out, even if you fake the actions, right? You're going to have a different result. So that is the last part of the self-coaching model is the results. 
be careful to make these results your own because sometimes we'll write results that are outside of us. This person still doesn't like me. Okay, all right, but what is your result? All right, these are all created from our actions. And something fun about the result that's kind of kind of cool is our thoughts will always be reflected in the result. There will always be a reflection of that because your thoughts choose the trajectory every time. So I just love to use some kind of a system that you can observe your thinking. Because if not, your thoughts are kind of flitting in and out of your brain. And some of them feel like a big problem when they actually aren't a big problem. So take the time to do this in whatever manner that you want. So for one of the examples of using this model, I would put, okay, let's say a C on a test. All right, we've got Joe. Joe is a maybe an F student, okay? On average, F, maybe C minus every now and then. D, is that still a grade? A D? <laughs> I don't know the grading system anymore. Anyway, we've got Joe. Joe gets a C on a test. And Joe has the thought, oh my gosh, I'm awesome. Maybe I'm smarter than I think I am. His feeling is empowered, okay? His actions are, maybe he starts looking up some careers. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, he clicks on some YouTube videos about different jobs he didn't think were in his future. Or maybe he's just playing nicer to people on the day that he got the C on the test. His result would be, I am awesome. I was nice to people. I started dreaming about my life. He kind of created more of that thought. Whereas Anna in high school, based on true stories, okay? Anna gets a C on a test in high school. I think it was chemistry. And my thought was, I will amount to nothing. Okay, a little dramatic, but that's kind of summed up. It was something to the effect of I will amount to nothing. And my feeling was shame. My actions, stress about that class, maybe don't apply to as many scholarships. Maybe I'm snappy and mean with my family the rest of the day. And what did I create in that result? Well, I kind of amounted to nothing that day. I focused on it. I ruminated on it. And that shame just engulfed me. Okay? Same circumstance. See on a test. For some people, it's great. Some people, it's not so great. Our thoughts are what decide that. Okay? See on a test, completely neutral. Your thought. That is what matters. That is what gives it meaning. So, that's a great tool to observe your thoughts. But now if I said, I want you to align your thoughts with God, what would that look like? Maybe the example, one thing I thought of is, okay, okay, my friend, I want you to align your thoughts with Mia Michaels. Do you know who Mia Michaels is? Do you, If she had a book, would you read it? You would have to get to know Mia Michaels in order to think like Mia Michaels. All right? Bonus points if you actually know who Mia Michaels is. So in order to align our thinking with God, you have to get to know God. Now, growing up, my version, I think I think I have a podcast on this. If so, I will put it in the show notes, but not quite sure. Anyway, growing up, my version of God was very different of the God that I believe in today. He was very much justice, not a lot of mercy, not super personal, even though there were sentences that I read that kind of are opposite contradictory to that. It didn't feel personal because it was like a shame tactic that I had thought that's kind of what God does, right? The hellfire damnation, that is what led the show for God. As I grew 
And as I learned how to connect with God, this is now the God I know. The God I know loves unconditionally. They don't fall into human patterns like we do, where if somebody messes up or if somebody disappoints us, that we withhold love from them. No, always, always loving, completely loving. They see the best version of me always. They see what I am capable of. They're rooting for that. However, the God that I know also works within laws. I like doctrine and covenants. 82 verse 10, I the Lord am bound when ye do what I say, but when ye do not what I say, ye have no promise. Believe it or not, this is good for us because I believe that it does require effort. And on the other side of that effort, we grow and we learn about ourselves. So because becoming like God and growing is the point of it, I believe that there has to be laws. So blessings are conditional. However, love is never conditional. I believe that God is compassionate to both me and others. I've shared my thoughts on the atonement before and what I believe it looks like. And I find so much joy and so much love in that. I believe he has a plan for us and he has already prepared the way for us. I believe he loves others just as much as he loves me. And that is always good for me to remember when I am in sticky situations with people who make choices that I don't love. I believe he's all-knowing. Nothing's going to surprise him like it might surprise me. And I believe he's limitless and abundant, that there is so much excess in this world and he makes so much excess. And anytime that I'm in lack, I'm just reminded about how much is available because of this very abundant God. Now, these things matter because I can use the way that I am feeling as a cue if my thoughts are aligned with God or not. I know if I'm feeling shame, then shame says I am wrong, right? Guilt says I did something wrong. Shame says I am wrong. And I believe that God will never let you feel. I think your worth will never be in question when it is of God, when your thinking is aligned with God. I think there will be gentle like nudges of yeah, you could change here, you could do here, but I think there will always be laced in, hey, I can do this, not that hopelessness. If I'm feeling lack, again, I can lean into that abundance. If I'm feeling judgment of myself or of others, then I can lead into that compassion and love. Once again, I said hopeless already, but that hopelessness is such a cue for me that my thoughts are not aligned with God because there is always hope. There's always an answer. There's always, it's going to be okay, is always an option. So use those feelings to know where you are. Are you aligned or are you not? Where have you slipped and how is there something else available? If I were to align my thoughts more with what I believe God is, is there something, a better experience available for me? This is not to get out of negative emotion. You guys, we are going to have negative emotion and it's perfectly okay and it's perfectly fine. But noticing when these heavier, like there's a huge problem here, emotions, this hopelessness, this shame, those really, really heavy ones that don't produce our best work, just notice you're allowed to feel them. It's not a problem. But when you're ready, you can align your thoughts in a different way that creates a better experience for you and better output of your actions and your results. I like to think the question like, 
how? How will I know if my thinking is aligned with God? Because we can't know that for sure. And that truly is the answer. Like, you won't. You won't. But there is a little gut check. Matthew 7.20 By their fruits ye shall know them. I talk about this a lot. But look at the things that you are thinking. This is why I think that self-coaching model is so powerful. Because it gives you that like full picture. If I keep believing this thought, I am going to create more of this result. So take the thought, for example, I'm not good enough. Okay, that's just a very, very cliche thought, but we all think it at times. Like, I'm not good enough to do this. I can't do that. I'm not qualified enough. Okay, think about that thought. I'm not good enough. Makes you feel maybe shame, maybe small, maybe insignificant. When you're feeling shame, small or insignificant, think about your actions. Are you taking big risks? Are you in the mode of like creation and processing and just like fascinated by life? No, you're working within like, you felt bound down. Like you cannot come up with amazing ideas and information if you're feeling like you aren't good enough. It's so difficult to do that. So look at the result that that thought is creating. If you kept that thought with you for a long, long time and think by their fruits, ye shall know them. Is this a thought that is aligned with God? Good gut check. Now, like I said before, we are going to have negative emotion in our lives. But even in that negative emotion, we can still manage our mind if we want to, to have less of a painful experience. So shared it before. Here it is again, guys. Here it is again. My favorite equation, pain times resistance equals suffering. In your life, pain is inevitable. You're human. You're going to have this human experience. Number one, you're not going to watch your brain all the time, but you are going to have pain. Sometimes a loved one will pass that you want to feel sad about. Something will happen that's terrible in the world that you want to be disgusted with. Okay, so there's pain. Now times resistance. Resistance is that this shouldn't happen. I can't believe they did this. They're so awful. Everybody hates me. I hate everybody. These are like the thoughts about it, right? These these, this like separates clean pain from dirty pain. So I'll give you the example that I've given a million times, but somebody cuts you off in traffic. It's like a two. Okay. Cause you're, it's a little scary. It's like, oh my gosh, I just died. Or I almost died. <laughs> okay. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. It's a two. Your resistance is the sentences that come after that. Nobody can drive. I'm the best driver. Why can't anybody, why did they do that? I hope they have a terrible day. And then you let that kind of run into the rest of your day. So you added like resistance times 10. Okay. So two times 10. Now the suffering that you're feeling for this little action is a 20 when it could have been a two. All right. We do this in so many different things of our lives. Somebody doesn't invite us to a party. Oh, there's kind of disappointment there. And that feels really hard. And then we add everything on top of it. Like I have no friends. Everybody hates me. And all the sentences that go through your mind. All right. We don't have to do that part. That part is optional. When we are aligned with God, you will watch the sentences in the resistance section dwindle. They will start to dissipate and disappear because God doesn't have most of those thoughts because most of them are in scarcity, in lack, in feeling of not enough, like shame. (laughs) That's the word. 
Okay? Most of them that come into the resistance category, they are not aligned with God. So if we can reduce those thoughts, we're going to experience less suffering. But again, pain in this life is inevitable. Those are the feelings that you process through. Okay, there's a quote by Bruce R. McConkie. This is given in the talk called Think on These Things, 1973. And he says, There is an eternal law ordained by God himself before the foundations of the world, that every man shall reap as he sows. If we think evil thoughts, our tongues will utter unclean sayings. If we speak words of wickedness, we shall end up doing the words of wickedness. If our minds are centered on the carnality and evil of the world, then worldliness and unrighteousness will seem to us to be the normal way of life. If we ponder things related to sex immorality in our minds, we will soon think everybody is immoral and unclean, and it will break down the barrier between us and the world. And so with every other unwholesome, unclean, impure, and ungodly course. And so it is that the Lord says he hates and esteems as an abomination and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Proverbs 6.18 On the other hand, if we are pondering in our hearts these things of righteousness, we shall become righteous. If virtue garnishes our thoughts unceasingly, our confidence shall walk strong in the presence of God, and he in turn will rain down righteousness upon us. Truly, as Jacob said, to be carnally minded is death, and to be spiritually minded is life eternal. And as Paul said, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Okay. Big old quote. Lots of, lots of strong language there. But what I wanted to comment most is that it is law. Okay. It's a law that our thoughts are creating our results. We are reaping what we sowed. Okay. This to me, as somebody who really likes control, all right, not a control freak, but I like this idea because, because I can control the kind of results that I'm getting by what I am thinking. I think that is so powerful and so insane that it is a law ordained of God. That is so cool to me. Also, he says something about confidence in there. And my true belief about confidence is that there is pride and there is shame. And right in the middle is confidence. And when we are in our most confidence, confident state, it's because we see ourselves as God sees us. Confidence is not blind. Like it sees our weaknesses, but it's not like shame where it's like, you are wrong. It's like, oh yeah, I see my weaknesses and I see my strengths. And I love me exactly where I'm at right now. Just like this eternal completely unconditionally loving being loves you. Okay? Confidence is seeing yourself exactly how God sees you and just loving you. That doesn't mean that we lose all ambition for improvement. No, in fact, that makes it even more fun to improve, to grow, because we love ourselves the entire way that we are doing it, because we know what we are capable of, and we keep improving that. We keep showing it and bringing it to fruition. Also a thought. Aligning your thinking with God is just a more enjoyable experience. Again, yes, you will have pain, but 
the discomfort that you go through is discomfort that you're choosing intentionally because you want a certain result on the end, not just discomfort that you have to live with just to coast through your life. And then you don't get the result that you want on the other end. I believe that when we practice aligning our thoughts with God, we're actually experiencing a higher form of agency when we don't let our circumstances dictate our feelings. We experience that higher form of agency because sometimes we think our circumstances are creating our feelings, right? There are some times that's super sticky and it just feels like, oh, I didn't love this situation. But we get that agency back when we tell ourselves the truth. This thing happened and I thought this thing about it. And maybe that was right and maybe that was wrong, but that created this feeling. I am in control. We want that control because that is where our power lies. Preparing for this whole talk that I had to give. And as you can see, I think we're at like 25 minutes right now. So definitely couldn't tell that in like 15 minutes. (laughs) But when I was preparing for this, I actually like took some time out and decided to go to the temple, missed a couple calls before then, missed some text messages. And as I was coming home from the temple, all of that news that was waiting for me actually the night before I got to hear all of it on the way home from the temple. And I felt in that place, I was very aligned with who I wanted to be. I felt so much peace, so much clarity, because obviously my brain is focused on these thoughts right now. And so I was delivered some pretty heavy news that easily, easily on a different day, if I were to be given this news, I would have responded very differently. But I'm so glad I responded the way I did. Because I found more, so much more peace when there could have been worry. I was so proud of my responses. I found love and compassion where I would have wanted to hit someone before. (laughs) And it was just so much easier, so much easier when we can align our thoughts with somebody outside of us that loves people, that supports you and understands you and is always knowing that you could do a little better, but not in this shaming way, in a like, I will help you with anything that you need. It's so cool and so empowering because we have so much more choice than we think that we do. And I experienced that firsthand. Again, you're not going to do this perfectly. You're going to, I won't do it perfectly. And that is not the expectation because your thoughts are going to be unaligned constantly. It's just that redirecting, redirecting, redirecting when you catch it. And that is the game. And that is the process. And that is this life. You're never going to get to a place where you don't have to redirect your mind. I think we get better in some categories and with some certain thoughts. Like maybe you're, maybe you have gone through betrayal in your marriage and all of a sudden All of those thoughts have changed and what used to be really, really difficult now is no longer difficult and it's maybe one of the best parts of your life. But once you get good at one category, you're going to find more to work with because we are human beings. I wanted to share this quote from my favorite, Diederik Uchtdorf. I think this was on his Instagram though. I'm going to read it. It said, recently, some young friends asked me what it means to be successful. I believe it's quite simple. Success in the Lord's way means for me doing well those things over which we have control. And what are those things over which we have control? Our thoughts, our feelings, our actions. 
be successful with these three things by orienting them toward the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, and the Lord will magnify your efforts. You may not be able to choose the trials you face. You may not have control over how others react to you, but you do have control over how you think, feel, and act. Please note that I did not say anything about doing these things perfectly. I said do them well. You don't have to be perfect. The Lord doesn't, does ask, however, that you be intentional. Open your heart to the voice of the Lord. None of us is perfect. But if you are humble and hearken to the precepts of Heavenly Father, you receive more, and little by little, you become more like Him. You will be successful. And in the end, you will be perfected in Christ. Accept the reality that you're going to stumble at times. You will fall, but you will rise again. Don't give up on yourself. Your Heavenly Father certain. Your Father in Heaven certainly won't. Your thoughts, feelings, and actions, they're just so powerful. So powerful. And when we recognize that, and when we try to align with some higher thinking, whether you believe in God or not, there's something about believing in somebody or something that is conspiring in your favor. Like the universe is conspiring in my favor is one of my favorite quotes. I just want you to apply it because why not believe that there is something out there that wants you to succeed. So if you got anything from this podcast, I want you to number one, of course, feel your feelings. I'm not telling you to not feel your feelings. That's important. But you can use those feelings as a cue when you are ready to observe your thinking. Are you aligned with your highest self? Are you aligned with the highest being who has your best interest in mind, who is all-knowing, all-loving, completely abundant? Use what you are feeling as a cue to observe your thinking. Because if you are feeling this negative emotion so strongly, somewhere in you is believing something that, number one, isn't a fact, that isn't helping you, that can be changed. That's going to produce so much of a better experience for you. If you would like help on a one-on-one level with creating something, aligning yourself with God, your thinking with God, then hop on over to the link in the show notes. That will direct you to a calendar where we book our first call, where we get to talk face-to-face about everything that's going on for you and see if it's a good fit. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. You can hop on over to Instagram if you want to comment on anything that you've learned about the podcast, or I will just see you next time. I'm grateful for you. We'll see ya. Bye-bye.